recorded this podcast at the end of 2020. And initially, we wanted to review the year broadly. However, we thought it would be more fitting to discuss fewer topics that we personally associated with the past year in more depth. We began our conversation discussing modern artificial intelligence from a philosophical perspective. We hope you enjoy. A lot more of the things that I would do when it comes to, for example, checking my stocks or checking my email and like, you know, moving certain emails to trash or moving them, whatever. Um, I'm trying to do a lot more with having those tasks already being taken care of for me. So, you know, that's an interesting topic uh, for this podcast. I, I, let's talk about automation. I mean, might as well. Yeah. That's just, um, I think 2020 uh, is a good year to, to really, it was a good year for kind of exposing what can and can't be, uh, not necessarily automated, but uh, virtualized, right? Taken mm-hmm. away from the, the like, physical aspect or humans taken, taken out of the equation, right? Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I've heard very conflicting thoughts on taking away these jobs, Right. And, and I've heard people say, oh, well, just like horses and they, they went away and, and, you know, we don't, we, now we don't, we don't, we don't need them anymore, but we have something else, more jobs for or different jobs. Right. Mm. I think that's definitely true to some extent, but I've heard very um, agree. well-informed people um, kind of say something along the lines of, well, yes, we will have those uh, new jobs, uh, but we'll, it, they're not, it's not, it's happening at a different, at, at, at an unsustainable rate. You know, so and, so are people saying that at some point the automation process or the artificial intelligence that we used to employ some of these jobs or tasks will outgrow the necessity to have like people doing these jobs? Well, it not not only will it, well, yeah, by 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 their own definition, right? Like they're that's the the what pretty much the whole purpose of practical artificial intelligence is trying to do is to replace you know people. And uh, some of these, uh, even uh, some of these more higher qualification jobs that require more qualification. But um, I think the greater concern is uh, is not that they're replacing people; it's that they're replacing people faster than new jobs are created. I see. You know, and I think, and even uh, something I would say is even uh, this is a bit pessimistic because I, I do I do believe this uh, though is that. Um, the the quality of not even, not even the quality excuse me the difficulty of of job that's going to be created by the introduction of of or, of more compl- or, or of more powerful more powerful automation systems um, is it's it's going to eliminate very low skill jobs very quickly and I think that's a problem because they're just they're just there's going to be a large, there's always going to be, I think, a, a very large population of, of unfortunately, very low skilled people, you know, and I think, and, and you know, I, I would like to believe that a good portion of that population can improve their, their skill and intelligence, yeah. you know, uh, I think, I think, especially if, if you start from a younger age, so improved education, you end up with people with greater skill and therefore you can, you can, you can kind of counteract that problem, but I don't think, I think there's always going to be that a a significant section of the population that's going to be unable to, or that's that's going to be unable to work in in the, maybe not in our generation, maybe not in the next generation, but in in 
in the near future. I sure. see, because there's just nothing left to work. And, and, and frankly, it might be even nearer than we think, you know? Uh, I mean, if any sort of economic system is going to be slow moving to some extent, right? Just like uh, with the oil industry. It's, and I don't think that's necessarily a fair, fair comparison. I think there's a lot of <clears> issues that, um, that, are, that there are with the, uh, uh, these environmental, uh, the environmentalist movement, right, For, towards energy. Yep. But uh, there's definitely, and it's undeniable, there's definitely a desire to keep jobs in oil for a while, you know? And that's, uh, of course, with this year, that's, that's uh, kind of, there's been a huge leap again, you know, uh, away from that. But, um, you know, it's just, it's not, not, there's nothing evil about it. It's just, it's a very, it's, that's, that's the nature of, I agree. of, econo- of, an, of the economy, of any economy is you don't want to, you know, you wouldn't want to ever, you know, remove jobs or any, any, any function of the economy, any function of that system that quickly. Right. I agree. And so with that logic, I don't think it's going to happen that quickly, even if, even as automation like improves, uh, becomes more powerful drastically. But that's why I guess my, the question I would have for you, do you think that there's going to be a population of people that in the near future are just going to not have a job? And how would you, and I guess, how would you see that being resolved in the, you know, the global scan, scheme? So <clears throat> that's kind of a big question, but I do see that at some point, okay, no, I do not see that at some point a good portion of the population will lose their jobs permanently. Mm-hmm. I think you're, you're right in saying that as these, you know, artificial intelligence get developed and as they get created to solve some of our, some of our tasks in life, that maybe some jobs will be automated to the point that there won't be a need for, people to be doing these jobs, in which case people will lose their jobs. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like people rise to um, demand. Just, uh, demand, exactly. And so whenever the new follow demand, yeah. follow demand. So whenever there's maybe uh, new jobs or new problems opening up in a different sector of the economy mm-hmm. or a different sector of life that needs more attention, needs more manpower. I think before we can even begin to think up artificial right. artificial intelligence systems to govern these people are going to so be swarming those do you, do you think there, that i should should preface it well let clarify i should say i should clarify the the that part of the question do you think that in the near future artificial intelligence practical i should say practical artificial intelligence uh will get get to a, a point where it's so adaptable right that there is no longer that there, there is just such a, such a, a drastic uh, change in demand for low skilled workers. Right. That's, I think the more, that to me is the, the real, the real question here. And I, I, I just give you an idea. I'm, I'm very biased. I, I have background in artificial intelligence and I, I think that's going to happen, you know, and I, I'm, I'm conflicted on to how, that problem is solved, but it's a huge problem. It's a gigantic problem, you know? Uh, but yeah, I, I wanna hear what you think. Repeat the question one so, more time. So more specifically, do you think that artificial, artificial intelligence will become powerful enough, i.e. more adaptable enough to the point where these solutions or these models or whatever you wanna call them, um, completely eliminate the demand for low skill workers? Right, not I shouldn't say completely eliminate, but com- eliminate them to such an extent where 
the demand is so minimal that, uh, uh, that a very, very significant portion of the population is, is, without, uh, is, is in very low demand. I'm going to answer this question by giving just examples of what I envision that to be sure. like, and then kind of elaborate. Whenever people talk about like artificial intelligence taking over, you know, the movies, I guess that come to mind are something like WALL-E, something like <laughs> The Matrix, sure. something like uh, even uh, if you're familiar with the show Westworld. Um, those are the kind of images I believe where, you know, extreme cases, artificial intelligence takes over all aspects of life. They become very adaptable, very powerful. Right. And it, outgrows the pace at which people have power or ability to do sure, stuff sure. in life. That, I would say, I would call that a general artificial intelligence. And I agree sure. that that is by the, that is by definition, intelligence, genuine intelligence, and by definition, adaptability. That's the greatest, you know, greatest aspect of human intelligence and any intelligence yes. that matter is adaptability, right? That's why we can live anywhere. It's because we're adaptable, but I don't even want to go that far. I'm not even, because I, I don't believe that's in the near future. And I also don't believe, I I don't believe in the, the, the Holocaust that, that follows artificial intelligence reaching a single, or whatever you want to call it, right? I agree. But I do think that in the near future, it is very possible where we get so good at creating these systems and we get so good at, at not only creating these systems, but adapting these existing solutions to new problems that arise, right? So like, let's say the industry of, I, I don't know, there's a, there's a new substance we wanna mine, right? I think we get so good at artificial intelligence and, and creating solutions, artificial intelligence solutions that we are able to like within, within, within weeks come up with automated solutions to these problems, right? Whereas normally you might say, oh, let's, let's send men down there. They're adaptable. They'll figure it out. We'll, we'll teach them how to figure it out. We'll teach them how to do it. And they'll be that they'll easy. We're essentially programming humans how to do low skill jobs. Right? right. I think that we're going to get so good at the point where we can just program a machine to do this. Do same same you know, eliminate the risk, eliminate the harm. There's no need oh, for it, a human to go. Oh, there, there are a million reasons why it's preferable. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's, ever, I mean, again, the problem, the, the, the problem with this is going to be the economic, um, what do you call it? The economy is going to be a little slow for sure and accepting this uh, as it should be. But I, I think given enough time, and I don't think it's going to be a ton of time, we get to that point where it's going to be I, that right there, what I just described to you is going to lead to the in, incredible decrease in demand for, for a huge portion of the global population. That is, I think. So again, there's two parts to that thing. Do you think that there's a large part of the population that is low, that, that is, not intelligent enough to be blunt to be able to handle more than, than like low skill jobs. I think there are. I think there's a reason why the, the military doesn't take people, right? I think otherwise they would take everyone. And I think there's a big reason why they don't take people is because frankly, there are people that are just not intelligent enough. It's, that's unfortunate, but that, that's the way things are. And I think if you consider them to be a significant portion of the population, of the global population, not just in America, right? Uh, and we have these, these, you know, uh, solutions that can effectively replace them, right? And, and completely eliminate the demand. Then that's the other part of that. I, I'm kind of rambling. That's the other part of it. So do they exist? And one and two, uh, is it possible for artificial intelligence to, in the near future, get to a place where it's adaptable enough to completely, uh, not completely, but nearly eliminate the need for low skilled labor? I think it has the potential, certainly. I think it, it can very much be in the position with, you know, given enough research, given enough uh, power, or just, I guess, 
knowledge yeah. that can get to the point where it can take over, I don't want to say take over, but manage a lot of these low skill jobs that a lot of people currently take. I definitely agree with you. I would say that as a side note, I would never feel comfortable with the idea of <clears throat> fully allowing some sort of artificial intelligence intelligence system to manage or you make decisions. I would at most use it for as a reference guide uh, okay. and have somebody, some human uh, standing by always monitoring and always having the final say. That sure. way at least it's controlled. Right. Uh, there is a, a more accountability. Yes, um, agreed. And so, for example, right, if we wanted to make it into a very, uh, I guess, uh, easy to, to visualize example, I would say if you have a McDonald's right now mm -hmm. that has maybe like five fry cooks that yeah. make burgers all day long, uh, maybe you could change it so that it would be more efficient for the company and more efficient for the customers to replace those to automate that, yeah. To automate that and have maybe like a robotic front cook, for example. I don't know right. how it would work, but I think it would Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, it can definitely work. We can 3D print things, right? I mean- That too. And so I got- I kind of that's, a that's, fun that's, club, but- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I see, but yeah, that's a, that's a great great point though. You need someone to, for quality assurance. That's exactly. There, there's so, you create the position for quality assurance, right? Exactly. So if those fr five fry cooks were replaced you know, I wouldn't feel comfortable necessarily saying that this entire restaurant was managed entirely by a, a, a program mm -hmm. that can take orders, make those orders, and serve the people. I would like there to be some person inside the the uh, establishment, the establishment, but more kitchen. the kitchen. Yeah, sure. The word I was looking for no the kitchen, who at least can uh, look over all these different, I guess, maybe ingredients, the processes, the final product and adjust or fix, or even in some cases take over if the artificial intelligence fails or if right. things are not going the way they were planned. For me, that seems like the best and safest case right. where you can maximize quality insurance and efficiency. So do you see the quality assurance aspect fulfilling, so filling that void, I should say? I don't, but I, that's, that, that is a significant that is a significant role that I, I frankly hadn't necessarily considered in, my, in what I just said, but I, I considered in the past, right? That's definitely, that's very, very clearly a, a route to go. It's something we see already um, in, in what little uh, artificial or automatic, automated, uh, um, you know, systems we see out in, in the wild. <laughs> I think in, in most, well, I don't want to say most, I think it, it has to be on a case-by-case -case basis, but I would, I would want to say that um, any point, any time where you're trying to automate or, you know, speed up a process, you're sacrificing quality of assurance, uh, right. like by definition. I, I would disagree to some extent, because I don't think okay. you're not, you're not I, okay, you're not gonna, uh, name, what's, a, what's a really famous restaurant? I don't, I, you're not gonna replace the three, the three Michelin star restaurant out there. That's not getting automated, I promise you that. That's never getting automated. But you're replacing McDonald's and I don't think you're losing any quality there, frankly. So, for example, right, if, if we were, if I were to have a fry cook who cooks a burger mm. and maybe they, they want to make sure that they do a really good job, they might take a little bit of extra time when they're cooking to like measure the temperature inside. Right. They might do all these processes, right. whereas a robotic fry cook would just say, cook for three minutes, cook for three minutes on both sides and then serve it. I think there, 
case by case basis, very specific example I gave you. I can't, I can't, I can't say for sure, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that the consistency would be much greater with, I mean, it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't happen immediately, it wouldn't happen immediately, but I do think you can get to a position where you are getting better than average quality burgers from a artificial intelligence system cooking these burgers uh, and far more consistent. I think that's better than you can see now. I, I'm not, of course, saying that there aren't some fry cooks that work for McDonald's or any other of these establishments that would not be better than these machines. But with the, monot with the monotonous nature of the position, I think you can definitely fine tune it to the point where you are getting consistency and you're getting uh, uh, high quality relative to what you're expected from, from something, you know, relative to the actual item. And uh, I'd say more, more importantly, just to, not more importantly, um, just, just to, because I, I can see where you're coming from. You're, you know, you, you, you maybe, you're, I'm guessing you're trying to figure out how you would do it at the moment. I don't, I don't think that's fair, fair for what we're expecting in the future. Or because I, well, exactly. I think we'll find better techniques. And, I, and, and of course, that's, that speaks to the adaptability of artificial intelligence, practical artificial intelligence, right? I think that's going to come later. But I do think by that point in time, you'd say, okay, maybe they're looking at the infrared of the, the burger and they can sense based off that. And frankly, there just is not, I don't think, enough variation in the stuff that they're given for there to be a real significant drop in, in quality if once they find like the perfect algorithm for cooking a burger, you know? That's, that's my, my, my thoughts on, on that, that specific thing. Interesting. Um, I, I would agree that maybe I'm envisioning things. Um, like today it would be trash. Yeah, from, from, a, <laughs> yeah. from a perspective of what would that look like right now? Yeah. But um, I mean, if you're speaking to a machine that can be adaptable and that can, yeah. I guess, learn how to do these things eventually given time and training. Yeah. Then, you know, I mean, you're, 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 you're a billion dollar corporation. Give it a year. You'll find something, I promise you, that can cook a, a Big Mac to perfection. You might, the question is, can you do that for your entire menu? That might take a lot longer. And that's sure. going to come with, with uh, uh, the, the greater adaptability of, of uh, uh, automation and machine, or machine learning or whatever. But I, I'm pretty confident that today you could definitely, like within a year's time, I mean, today isn't like modern, but within a year's time today, you could come up with a system that could cook a Big, a big Mac to perfection with great, with great consistency. I shouldn't say perfection, with acceptable within an acceptable you know, above average quality yeah uh, yeah yes above average or quality. good just good quality sure. well I, I definitely think it would be above average for what you'd expect from a mcdonald's you know yeah, yeah, yeah. you know i'm not saying i'm not saying we're going to see that out of like some five-star restaurant in, in a burger restaurant i don't yeah. think that would I, I don't think that's fair to say but i think they could get close enough to the point where you're like okay this is mcdonald's and i'm satisfied with it in fact i'm impressed because it's very consistent whereas you don't see that today you know that's fair. Uh, what do you mean by practical artificial intelligence? What so, is the word practical? This is a word I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know of anyone that uses this word, but there's general artificial intelligence. And then people just call artificial intelligence, uh, uh, call like that use artificial intelligence as a broad uh, term for, for, you know, what we, what we use today in the industry. Right. And that's what I mean by practical. Cause it's, it's, it's something that can be used in industry. No, general artificial intelligence is not practical. And frankly, a lot, of, a lot of artificial intelligence that's on the higher end of complexity is not yet practical, right? Um, but to me, the, by definition of practical, I mean, by, by the description, I should say, 
practical artificial intelligence is just something that can be used in industry, right? And I, I, I guess in this specific example, in this specific thought experiment, right? I mean, it's just simply be something, a system that can solve, uh, uh, you know, that can solve like very basic tasks. And I shouldn't say basic, but low skill tasks, right? Um, just like, like cooking a burger, right? Sure. That's, you know, uh, I, I would consider that to be practical artificial intelligence. Um, I see. You know, what, dri car, driving cars. That's a practical artificial intelligence. What would you consider not practical specifically? I mean, anything you, well, that's, that's a good question. Like maybe of the systems we know now, like Watson or Siri or Alexa. So, so much of the, of the field right now is focused on practical artificial, what I would call practical artificial intelligence. Hard to even consider what isn't practical, but I think maybe anything that's inspired by uh, which it, it doesn't have to be, but anything that's inspired by biology, maybe, uh, or by, you know, if you're focusing it around actually simulating intelligence, uh, I don't think that's practical. Not yet, right? Because let's say you, I mean, it, <laughs> like any, any sort of, it just, it's, it's just so hard to imagine that we would have a system that we, we, you could call general, artificial general intelligence that you could trust to actually simulate these higher complexity, uh, uh, you know, jobs, right? If you wanted to, like, for example, uh, uh, I don't know if it even exists, but research that's done into artificial general intelligence to me is the best example of non -pract not practical artificial intelligence. Because if, let's say you had a system that, that right now is, it's, it's so good, it passes the Turing test, it's adaptable, it does, it, it basically, it can do, it can at least simulate doing anything that Bob, Bob Joe over there with a, with a 30 IQ can do, right? But you haven't tested enough, so it's not practical yet. I wouldn't be comfortable putting that guy, uh, that, that system in anything yet, right? It, it, it just, it's such a complex and such a mad, like I, I wanna call it literally, it's like magic to this point, right? We don't have any remote understanding of, the, of what makes something intelligent now, Right? We, have, we do have a understanding, but nothing of the mechanics behind it. I wouldn't trust, even if you could simulate, uh, simulate, uh, you know, with, with the, the techniques that we use for non-practical artificial intelligence, it's so like, it's so out there. It's so empirical, not, uh, 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 or not scientific to the point where I would not be comfortable using that artificial general intelligence system, even if it existed in anything yet. Just because we don't, we don't know what it's doing. We don't know how it works. And we don't know if it actually would work the way we want it to work. There's no quality assurance there, right? Okay. So it, it's, to me, it's not practical. But, what, but the techniques that we see with, uh, um, with very, what we would call practical artificial intelligence, it is so simple. It's, it's, not, it's not simple. It is very complicated. It's, and there is not a lot that we don't necessarily understand the mechanics, the, the, the micro mechanics behind it. But we definitely understand the, the macro mechanics. I don't know if that's a, either of those are words, but we, we understand. I get, that, I get the idea. Right? So that's something that we're a little more comfortable letting the empirical work done in that system uh, be used in a practical way, right? So, I mean, for example, driving uh, artificial intelligence, driving cars, you yep. know, it's not there yet, clearly, but it's a simple enough system, right? Where you can understand how it works and you can understand how how these these models have been, you know, it's there's just been there's so no perfect system yet. Well, no, but, but the, the systems that they use for the computer vision aspect of, of driving, it's so um, 
there's so much work that's been put into it that we know, I would think we're comfortable enough to we know the most, the majority of the weaknesses of these systems, right? And it's not, they're obviously not perfect, but we know why and where they fail, right? Yes. That's, that's pretty clear, you know? So I, if, if we get to a point where, where the systems are so good that they say, okay, 99% of the time, this thing runs perfectly. I think I would trust that 99% of the time uh, uh, metric, right? But if you say 99% of the time, this robot that is supposed to simulate consciousness runs effectively, I don't trust what you're saying because there is no frame of reference here, right? There, we don't, there has been zero, just it's such a complex, you know, area to model. It's like, how do you even, you know, you need, to, you need to have a better understanding before you can make it practical. You need to have a practical, you need to have, I would think you need to make it, make it so that there's a better understanding of the actual system you're trying to model. The vision system that we know, we have a much better, it's not perfect, but we have a much better understanding of how that works. I think what led us, kind of winding down now, mm -hmm. winding away, but I think what kind of led us to talk about this was um, with it being, I guess, winter break for us both mm -hmm. and for having a lot of time on our hands. Um, and frankly, just because we're in COVID, a lot of the things that we do become the routine tasks every day. And I think that a lot of people get bogged down in the daily activities that they're so used to waking up, eating breakfast, maybe going for a job, coming back, jog, coming back, um, maybe cooking or preparing for the day, cleaning. And, you know, these, these tasks seem so repetitive and there's just so many hours in the day for you to do so many things right. that I guess any way that you can speed up or automate your own tasks uh, feels like a lifesaver because it just gives you a lot more time today yeah. to do things that are new or something that you've always wanted to do you, you but never focus, had time for. You can focus on the more interesting parts of your, your day. Exactly, exactly. And I think that's essential with uh, a lot of the, uh, I guess, restrictions being put on us with COVID um, and with so many activities being prohibited to do, right? Mm -hmm. So with everyone being encouraged to stay at home to prevent disease spread, I think it's very important that we find thing, new things for us to be doing at home that keep us from going bored of our minds. Right. Uh, one of the things personally that I've really started to take a hold of and do a lot more with is finding new um, workout regimens for me to use. Uh, I used to be a big time runner, big time swimmer as well. I used to do a lot of um, weightlifting uh, just at my, at my college or whatever gym that I used to go to. But since I've been at home, I haven't really had the opportunity to do a lot of that things. Uh, so I've been looking into doing some stretching, some yoga. I bought some weights and some resistance bands and I've been trying to do a little bit more workouts like that. And I find them to be very therapeutic. Um, and obviously as well, they do give me a, a good challenge to take on from time to time. So it is very nice. Um, I wanted to ask you, because I know that we kind of come from similar backgrounds, but I'm curious as to what you've been one to do or what you've been able to do recently sure. uh, if you want to touch <clears throat> on that yeah i mean um i've uh, i think like earlier this year like maybe around march i i uh, got into bouldering or rock climbing whatever you want to call it i, I and i i've really been enjoying that i, I fell off because of schooling fell off a cliff <laughs> no, thankfully, but, uh, no, I, I, I took like a six month break from it. Unfortunately, I got, I got, I was very happy with my improvement before I took the, the break, but, uh, you know, I, I, I took that break and I, I, not necessarily by choice. Uh, and 
I, I've been getting back into it in, on this winter break. Um, and really, really trying to go as frequently as possible. But that's just something I've been doing personally. Another thing I've, I've, wanting, I've been wanting to get into, and I don't know when I'm going to get into it, is martial arts. Um, just I've been watching some, <laughs> I've been getting into UFC. I know it sounds stupid, but I've been just watching these, these guys fighting like, oh, I want to, I want to do that. Oh, spinning back, ah, you know, <laughs> shadow boxing. It's flashy. It's nice. It's, it seems like, it seems like a good way to work out as long as you're not actually fighting. <laughs> yeah. I, I um, agree. But, and I, you know, somewhat unrelated, I'm, I'm a kind of a short guy. I think it, you know, maybe this will help someone out there. Uh, it's martial arts is a great way to improve your confidence. You know, I, I've, I'm pretty fucking narcissistic. Uh, so I've never had an issue with confidence in terms of intelligence, but if you're out there and you're, you're like, like I was when I was uh, starting out in college, you maybe you're feeling a little, uh, you lack confidence to get into the maybe dating scene or, or social scenes in general. Right. Sure. And uh, I, I definitely had a little lack of confidence in that, but I think I'm, I'm well, I'm no expert. I would think martial arts would, would be, uh, or, or just general exercise. I agree. But that'd be a great way to boost your confidence a little bit, you know, boost morale, boost confidence. And I mean, the sad thing is not a lot of people, uh, you value this enough. I feel like it's inexplicably valuable because it is, you know, not just something that, that will help your mental health, yeah. but obviously your physical health too. And we need to be keeping active, uh, keeping cardiovascularly fit, yeah, I guess, yeah. to just keep healthy bodies and healthy mindsets. You know, that's, that's a great point. And like you do it for mental health. The, if I think about it more, I, you know, of course, like, yeah, I work out to, to not get too fat. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm already, already fat. I, I'm only working to, to try and re- reduce the, the damage. But um, uh, I, I, if you think about it more, it's definitely, I mean, it, it really, it's only for mental health for me, at least, right? Any, any, any of this stuff is just for mental health, confidence, whatever you want to call it, just ment- mental image. It's 100%, Absolutely. 100% for mental health. It has nothing, that's the funny part, it has nothing to do with, with physical health. I don't give a fuck if I'm, if I'm, <laughs> I just- if Your biceps are 20 inches versus 18 inches. Well, it's like, it's not like, oh man, I really <laughs> wish I could lift that, that TV or whatever, or, or that giant rock or, Oh, you know, I mean, there are other things like when I was talking about rock climbing or bouldering. I like, I really enjoy doing that, but I, you know, it, it, as I, and I, I would like to work out to get better at that specifically, but working out in general, like just the idea of working out, I, I don't, there is no benefit other than just the mental aspect. And I think I wish people, I, you know, I never, I never, I guess subconsciously I saw it that way, but I, wish people would see it that way more I, agree. Sure. I think that'd be that'd be helpful i mean you mentioned earlier that um i mean just a couple minutes ago that you have to take a break because you got too busy with your own work yeah i mean i i can relate i'm sure a lot of people do relate and i i noticed myself during those periods of time where i wasn't able to really go out and exercise uh, i was getting a lot more stressed i was overeating. Yeah. i was just getting a lot more loss of confidence and whatnot so it really took a hit on me and i did feel like i was it's depressing. losing myself it was it's very depressing. depressing dude i one of my bosses uh, uh like i went in a previous internship i would get i had a nice discussion with him about them like man i, I really wish i that's when i started well, that's when i was starting to get fat actually so man i really i really wish i could run but i'm just so busy it's like yeah that's the worst part about 
in his words, the worst part about exercising is the amount of time it takes up. And this guy was hustling. He was hustling for his boss's job. You know, he's a very, very busy guy. And I think that's where a lot of people, that at least I know of, why they don't work out is because they're just too busy to work mm-hmm. out, you know? And I, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I have no excuses for, for why I didn't climb. All right. Other than like my only excuse is I didn't have time. Right. But I still made time to run or just do something, some workout uh, in the middle of the, the semester when I was extremely busy. And I, even that I had to take breaks because of like extremely busy periods. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah. You, you know, I have priorities, everyone has priorities and you know, I don't think those are unreasonable, but I think people need to, I agree. I think this is your point. I think people need to find a way to at least in uh, a normal regiment, regimented times. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a great description, but uh, just, just in, in, in normal, you need to put some value on need to have a higher value. Yes. You need to have a higher priority for that and find a way to work it into their, into, into their days that are, I would say are, are normal stress, not yes. normal stress, but normal, you know, occurrence. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, I think it's uh, interesting also to think that no matter what you do in life, there, it always has some correlation or some, uh, I guess, impact on your health, whether that is mental, physical, social, even health. Right. If you think about it, we all need to eat. We all need to sleep. These are all aspects that help us, you know, getting enough sleep helps your mental, but also your physical health, getting, eating enough and eating good nutrients and whatever else, micro, micronutrients that helps you develop, that helps you with your, uh, you know, physical health and, and getting the right, uh, nutrients and whatnot. But I find that a lot of people place, I find that all these activities take time. It need time in order to be developed and to be taken right. care of properly. And I find that a lot of people <clears throat> realize this about exercise and your physical health, but they just don't make the connection that despite it taking time, yeah. it's not, it is, I believe that a lot of people don't see it as something that is equally important in developing healthy lifestyles. You know, I, I'm thinking about it. I think there is a little bit of a difference actually. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm pretty injury prone, uh, just in general. Uh, I used to do a lot of running like you, uh, and I was always getting injured there, but, uh, something I, my boss that I was, I was talking with him about this, I think his, I would, I think his main point was if you want to work out and you need to do it right. Right. It's it would, if with social stuff, I mean, you can just go out there. I, I think you can just go out there and just kind of wing it, wing it you know, you, you it'll take time, but it'll take as much time as you want, you know? Agreed. And with like, I mean, maybe for some people, it's not an issue. I know it's an issue for me, but for some people, maybe they can just, uh, uh, for the academic parts of their, or I should say scholastic, maybe parts of their life, or I don't, I don't know. That's academic, but yeah, sure. Whatever, whatever, you know, that part of your life. Uh, again, I think some people can just, they can do it whenever they want, right? Mm-hmm. I personally, I need to be able to focus. So it's not, it's not as simple as that, but they can just do it. They can spend exactly how much time they want to spend on that stuff as they plan to. But with exercise, there's so much, uh, you know, preamble. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if that's the right word, but you need to stretch beforehand. I mean, someone like me, you know, if you really don't want to want to get into it, you know, and not have consequences for, 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 you know, you know, doing these kind of things, you need to stretch beforehand. And sometimes you need to even stretch, you know, uh, later on the day, just to make sure you, you, uh, just for when, when I was, when I was at my worst, I, I could not get healthy enough to, to keep running daily. 
you know? Mm. And um, it, it just, it felt like it was like a, a cycle where it's like, I go for a run, I am extremely sore or maybe even on the verge of injury. So I just, I don't, I don't run the next day. And so it's like, I didn't feel like I was making progress or at least making significant progress fast enough. And so for me, the thing that helped the most to get me out of that rut was to be extremely aggressive in my stretching. Sure. You know, just, just in, in just injury prevention, right? Like I'd walk for 10 minutes in my shoes prior to running. I'd do any, any sort of little technique I, I could find on how to prevent injury. I would do it. And that, I mean, I would sacrifice a lot of time, probably close to two hours, maybe even three hours a day outside of just the running would go to, to injury prevention. Yep. And so I'd run for like about 15 minutes, <laughs> you know, and I, I spent three hours that day, maybe less on, on just, you know, preventing injury, you know? And, uh, I, I think that's a, that's a, that's a real problem, but it's, 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 it's a huge barrier and I don't have the answer to like how you get around that, but it's something that I think needs to, there, people definitely, I think need to put, put a greater priority on, 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 on physical health, yes. no matter what they, what they, what they want out of life. They need to do that. No matter, no matter what you want out of life, I think you do need to put more, a greater priority on physical health. And, um, cause it has, it, it has so much of an effect on the rest of your, the other aspects of your life, you know? Yes. Okay. And I think a key to that is just acknowledge just figuring out for yourself uh and taking the time at least in the beginning to sacrifice that pretty large amount of hours to getting healthy enough or getting uh well enough to actually put the time in yep because you know so it's, it's a large investment it is now i do want to i guess go back to something that your boss had said which yeah. is problem exercises that it takes too much time i do agree with that um i also do believe that while it does maybe obviously take time it's also not as difficult as some people think, you know, I don't, I don't think, I believe that when people hear the term exercise, they imagine someone doing like a, uh, a burn workout where they're sweating profusely, they're lifting weights, you know, maybe they're jogging five miles doing a 5k. And I, I think those are all excellent tips to work out, but I also don't think they're as difficult or as um, maybe those are not the only ways to work out. Right. You know, I, I would say that if you're going, uh, doing any kind of daily task, there is ways to, to maybe extend those tasks by doing some workouts in between. You know, for example, if you're at the mall, if you're shopping, you can walk around, you can take the, sta take the stairs instead of taking the escalator. Um, you can get in a good amount of steps just by walking a lot. That's very true, yeah. If you're, you know, in the office or even at uh, school and you have a little bit of a break, you can kind of de-stress by walking around campus or just walking around uh, the office building a couple laps, uh, right. even taking strides whenever you need to stretch your legs. Stretching is a really good way to also do some sort of exercise. Maybe not as you know, intense as running, but it is a good way to keep your body warm, keep your body active, right. and just keep yourself healthy. I think there's a lot of ways for people to get active without necessarily getting into that um, intensity as running or as weightlifting or as other uh, sports. And I think that if people can realize this, they can incorporate these minute habits into their lifestyles that could be life-changing. You know, it's funny that you, it, it just struck me while you're describing the problem or not the, the yeah, well, the, I guess that problem you, you see with people's perception on exercise. It, it struck me that you're, 
it seems like a very American problem. And it's not, I mean, not to, not to, not, not to be, you know, uh, I'm not trying to reach for the low hanging fruit. I don't know if that's a saying, but the, um, I, I really do think that the way the American culture is set up, it's just not something that's seen as, there's, there's little emphasis on spending time doing that kind of stuff. And I think, I, I don't know, with what, what little I know about European culture, I think that's present. With little, what little I know of just any foreign culture, I think that's present, you know? And I'm curious, you're, you're, you know more about a, a foreign culture than I do, uh, for sure. Do you think that's accurate? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm the best uh, representation for that because I moved to the United States when I was fairly young right. and from different countries. So I don't know if I can necessarily say the most about that. I can speak from my from you know experience with my parents. They've always encouraged me to go out and to be active and to do um, you know, different activities, different sports when I was younger and growing up in school. Right. Um, I also will say, however, that while there was encouragement to stay active, there was um, a greater emphasis put on academics, of course. Right. So whenever it came into question whether or not these extracurricular activities such as sports would potentially inhibit my academics, the obvious answer was to limit my sports experiences in favor of spending more time studying. For sure. I mean, that that's makes a lot of sense. I can definitely empathize with that. Um, I don't know. I, I just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from with this, I I, you can you definitely I think if you go to other countries, right? I think you'd see more people that would put just in walking or any sort of very lax activity into their daily routine, right? You know, I don't think you see that in in, in America. I are emphasis for that in America, and I think part of that's just the culture of, of the the type of people that come to America. Right, the, mm. the ones that, that have a drive, maybe to it just there, there's there, the culture of America is is comes from the hyper focused, very it's, business oriented. Well, it's immigrant, right? Yes, it's, that's it's the seeking of of a better life, right? Or yes. you know, grass is greener kind of thing. And I think uh, you know the what you just described as the focusing on academics, right? I think that's a very common uh, uh, um, experience of people uh, that come to America. You know whether you know from wherever, right? That's that thing would be the common thread, you know for sure. Um, and maybe that, and I don't know, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I just to tie it back, I, I you definitely don't necessarily see that with people that stay in their own culture, with the exception, of course, of Americans. <laughs> but that's you know, fair. That, that, I think that's that's just um, I don't know. I, I I've never realized this. I've never made that connection, so yeah. I can't say it for myself. I just speak. On people as as a behalf, yeah. um, you know, for example, uh, looking at my parents or looking at like our neighbors or even looking at my coworkers at work. Now, obviously, not every, I'm not saying that everyone is, you know, somebody who stays at home all the time or is just kind of living a sedentary lifestyle. But of the people that don't work out as much, um, I I feel like there are solutions, that, you know, for them that benefit them without taking up too much of their time, also. Okay. Um, that I feel like people, if they at least knew or if they rethought this through, maybe you would consider it. Um, you know, maybe on your walk to the subway or on your walk to your car, uh, maybe you park at the back of a grocery um, grocery store parking lot and you get that extra 
two minutes walking, you know? For sure. Yeah. Maybe in, when you go to the mall, don't take the escalator, just take the stairs. Um, maybe when you go to uh, the office, you know, during your lunch break, factor in a 10 minute walk. Well, you know, if that's, it's, I'm sure other people have realized this, but that just seems like it's such um, it's, it's such a American problem, mm. you know? Like the fact that there is an escalator in the first place. You know, the fact that, uh, you know, I, you could say, you could say the diet factors in here. Right? And that, sure. that's again, very low hanging fruit, obviously. Oh, McDonald's, uh, whatever. Yeah, for sure, the, I agree. But I think that's the thing where it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm busy, I need priorities. I'm gonna sacrifice maybe any healthy food for for time. Yeah, for like, that's quick, and that's easy, or or whatever, right? And mm -hmm. it's 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 a different set of priorities. And I think, and even on a broader on a broader in a broader uh, sense, um, exercise the, the concept of exercise in America is completely different, or maybe not different, but you you, you brought up like oh, it's more. Um, so it's, it's, it's thought of as more of like a, a, a strenuous activity, right? And I think you think of America, maybe if, if, with that sort of priority set, you want to get the most for the time that you spend on, 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 on an activity or you devote to an activity. So for example, something like exercise, right? Yep. You'd say, I want to get the most out of that time, right? As yes, opposed agreed. to maybe, maybe someone in, in Greece, right? Or wherever is like, well, this is just time I have. Might as well enjoy the time I have as opposed to focus on getting every last bit of this time out uh, or every last bit of the benefit of the, the time I have. Uh, exercise. I don't know. They would even call it exercising, but exercising, right? Just to, just try to enjoy it, you know? I would agree. I think people need to take more time uh, to, to dedicate to the exercises and not just, you know, doing the exercises, but really enjoying them really investing their time and their mentality you could say there's a something we've lost as, as yes. in this right where it wasn't maybe clear to other cultures it's it's i think clear that we've now kind of lost that that sort of laid-back mentality of exercise or i don't know if the laid-back mentality is the right word but just kind of the the what you're describing is as low effort exercise i think because we've lost the emphasis for that or even I should even say the desire for that, right? Um, we've now clearly lost uh, uh, something pretty key in, in, a, in a, a important part of how you live life. Agreed. Right? I mean, it's, I, I, that sounds pretty fucking out there. What I just said, but it's I, it, I think it's it's you know it all connects. You know, your your physical health to everything, right? I mean, for sure. And I think they're all interconnected. I don't think you can sacrifice on one and still be healthy, quote unquote. There's definitely a lot of mental disorder. You probably, I, I think it's fair to say there's, there's per capita greater mental disorders in America than, and, and there's a variety of reasons of why that might be, but maybe that's a contributor. Yeah. You know, who agreed. knows? Who knows? Agreed. You know, definitely depression is directly tied to, to, to physical health in, in more ways than people imagine. But, you know, um, I, let's, let's move on to the next subject. I don't, I don't know if, if, if uh, uh, you have anything you want to talk about specifically. Um, I, I, think, I, I think I'm okay. Um, I think I really wanted to touch up on exercise because it's something that's- It's important. It is important. And you know, like, like what you mentioned, I have been taking a little bit of a, a break, also not intentional, just because I've been busy with work, yeah. busy with life, and it's not been the easiest to factor in 
um, time to exercise, but I, I do yeah. want to make the conscientious effort, especially with the new year and new resolutions coming along. Right. I do take more time my day to exercise. Right. It, um, it's, it's great because you make the great points. Like it's the, the value is not obvious. Yes. Like the value just isn't as obvious to people. You know, it's, it's, it's more, it's deeper than that. But on the, on, speaking on the resolutions thing, I think another great thing we can do is kind of review 2020. Agreed. As, as, as a whole, you know, you know. And I, I think, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I, my mind doesn't necessarily go to the, the darkest parts of 2020. You know, it, it's, it's just maybe in, in general, but I would love to hear what you think. What, 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 what has made an impact on you? Uh, besides, maybe besides the obvious, but, uh, you know, what, what is this, what, what kind of impact has this year had on you? So I'm, I'm going to start off by saying something negative, but I'm... No, please, please. I, it's important. But I'm going to transition that to how it's shaped me for the better. And I think sure. one of the most obvious things that I've... So one of the more obvious ways that I and I guess a lot of others have been impacted is with COVID happening and our lifestyles entirely changing and um, you know really everyone's suffering in some sort of way I think that it's been very dramatic it's been a very dramatic change for a lot of people right. um, while it is something negative I do believe that there's been a lot of positive coming out of it I do believe that with everyone encouraged to work from home there's been a greater emphasis put on um, spending time with your family, spending time with your friends, uh, really enjoying those activities that we take for granted so often, like, oh, if I want to go see my friend, I'll go meet them at the bar, or go out, get dinner with them or something, or even go working out with them. Yeah. Um, you know, now there's a lot more opportunity for people to catch up through like Zoom calls or people to, to do FaceTime or even just to find new activities to do with each other at home instead of necessarily always going out for some activity. I believe that a lot of people take the mentality of there's nothing to do at home. And so they always need to go out in order to have fun or mm -hmm. to do something that's enjoyable. And, you know, I, I don't believe that it needs to be as uh, intricate as that. I think people can enjoy being at home and can also be doing activities that don't require uh, a like social setting. You know, you can go to the mountains, you can go camping, you can go outside to the park, uh, even on like a walk around the lake or something and still find enjoyment and time away from others. Um, I believe that's something that I wanna say is a big positive of COVID that not a lot of people realize, or maybe they do realize. And maybe they just gotta take, uh, take advantage of it. I agree. You know, I, you know, I too also, I, I also found, I, I kind of, I enjoyed uh, this uh, COVID. I hate to say it, but I did. I enjoyed uh, a lot of aspects of, of the consequences of, of COVID, but, you know, um, just to, I hate to be a devil's advocate. Uh, I, I just, it, 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 you bringing this up kind of reminded me of a narrative that I heard early in, in the lockdown and I've continued to hear, uh, I, I know since, since then, like recently actually. And it's that, oh, COVID has exposed that, uh, you know, businesses for, the uh, uh, the need to be any of this to be in person, you know, and I think to me, I just, I find that to be kind of silly that that was ever a like a the implication is that businesses have been functioning incorrectly for for years. Now everything's going to be virtual. I, I I resent that a little bit simply for for a very similar reason to why I think we we talked about how exercise is an important aspect of a of a healthy human life and it affects people in ways far beyond the actual physical health right mm. and um you know 
the, the idea that you can just kind of, the, the, that, that there's no zero consequences to working uh, uh, virtually. Remotely, yeah. Right, or remotely. Uh, uh, I think I think that's that's foolish. I think it's naive, and it's naive. But it's it's. I don't think companies were unaware that they could do all this remotely. I I, I mean, maybe it wasn't really possible fully. Uh, with, I mean, in in with the uh, I shouldn't say. It. I think for a single company, any any single company easily could have done it for 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 decades. I could have they could have been doing this, but I think it wasn't possible for all these companies to do it at the same time. Right? I, I think I, like I don't think there was the arc, you know, infrastructure necessary for it to happen. But I don't think any company out there, any, you know, majority of companies out there were thinking, oh man, we need to have people in person to do these jobs. I think it's important for, I, th I think they found it important anyway, but I don't think it was that there was, it was impossible. I think that's a better word. Oh, we didn't like, I didn't think they, they thought, oh, we don't know because it is even possible for us to do this remotely. Is it possible? Of course it's possible. It's always been possible, and not always, but for a long, you know, for a long time, it's been possible. But the, I guess, question is, is that something you want as a company? I don't think that, I don't think you get a lot of benefits from that necessarily. You know? I would agree. I think you do, uh, I think there are more benefits uh, uh, from, for, for your employees and from the, the work they actually produce for having them come in to person. work in person, yeah. you know? And, I mean, I, I, Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say, you know, I speak from personal experience when I say that my productivity has not been as high when I'm at home uh, than when I was in the office. When I was in the office, I was able to get work done quickly. I was able to ask people directly. I was able to collaborate uh, with others mm -hmm. uh, then and there, whereas now it's a lot more distance. Yes, but there's, yeah. There's a separation from work and, and, and entirely. And I agree. I think I agree. it's important for a healthy for a healthy mental. I agree. Uh, yeah. And if, if you want to look at proof for why or for how the companies like all across the board were not able to perform the way they were, uh, you can just look at the stock market. I mean, I know a lot of people hate to look at that for evidence, yeah. but around March, every company, even the S&P 500, the Dow, yeah. they took a hit and they all dropped some points. I would, I, I, I again, we're on the same page here, but I, I, it's difficult to use any of that, any of that as evidence with, the fact that frankly there is you know right the, the, on, on top of that a lot of small businesses they lost their their businesses entirely because of small businesses i was going to say for one thing and for another thing also uh, because of uh, uh you know the cost of opportunity well, not opportunity, excuse me just cost of setup or whatever you yes call, right yes. so i just i'm just again i'm just trying to um, almost be devil's advocate in another way here but i we're, i agree with you on that that aspect i think it's still important very important uh, uh and it, it, it provides value in ways people don't appreciate, which, you know, I think is, it just, it's, it's strange to me. I think this is a very multifaceted problem that a lot of people are simplifying it into like a single variable. And I don't like that because there's a lot of other things that go on. Uh, like it's basically just like a lot of moving parts that people don't realize. Uh, so while right. it may, they may say like, Oh, see, you know, because of COVID everyone's able to work home remotely. Okay. Well, you know, how, there are a couple of questions you can ask that I think would easily debunk this or validate this claim, right? Is everyone across the entire United States able to work and complete the same job to the same degree of, of productivity yeah. uh, at home as they would be at work? You know, if the answer is yes, then for sure everyone should be staying at home. But I really seriously doubt that it's yes. 
um, if, is it easy for companies to uh, maintain their employees work remotely and to supply them with the necessary tools and I guess equipment to do their job home, home remotely? I would also say that I seriously doubt that that answer is yes. Um, and you pointed out small businesses, right? I, don't, I believe they lack the infrastructure and the, the setup to really actuate that for their employees. Well, I mean, so the vast majority of small businesses are, are things like restaurants, right? That, that you cannot do that. <laughs> yeah, for you know, sure. That, that's, and it's impossible to do that remotely, you know? Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Unless you have AI. Well, that's it. <laughs> we're we're I, not getting there. I mean, for, forget AI then for a second. I mean, you know, if you're at home, you don't eat out as much. You don't do, you know, it's, it's which ironically is a good thing, I think, right. frankly, but it is, it, 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 I mean, it kills small businesses. Yeah. You, you have, let's just, you're killing, you're, you're shrinking that market by that much more, you know? Agreed. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I just, I guess ultimately I, I resent the idea that this was some sort of uh, awakening or, or it's like, oh my God, it's, it's, it's so much, now we know. <laughs> now, no, I, I'm now with we you. Know. Like we didn't, we didn't know. Of course we knew you could do it. Of course, we it was knew possible you, you know, for sure. We've had we've had virtual colleges for de- like a, a decade now, at the very least. I have no idea if it's been more longer than that, but it's been they've been around. They've been around, you know. They've been able to handle that just fine. You know, mm-hmm. a, a company could definitely could definitely handle it. We've known that, but you know, the idea that I think I, I, if I had to guess, there's the desire for people to have that option to work from home at all times, and I, you know, that's a that's a larger question, but I don't think it's unreasonable for companies to say, no, you need to come into work. That's a requirement for, for you know, maybe for some positions it's not, but the, you know, I, I don't think that's unfair for companies to say, no, I mean, it's important that the whole company is on board with this, you I know, and, and with this uh, uh, in-person commitment, you know? <clears throat> so I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, it's just one of those, one of those things you see where I, I, way i'm viewing it is that people are seeing evil where there is none or maybe stupidity where there is none i don't know making pro or making you know uh problems where there are none well hey exa- well, making problems well, yeah uh yeah that's that's a great a really good way of putting it you know? agreed agreed uh is there anything else you'd like to say or should we, do you think we should wrap up i think we can wrap up uh, um this is of course going to be our you know, we took a long break because we were both busy, but I think this is definitely going to be the last podcast of the year and we'll be starting Maybe. fresh, potentially, potentially. Yeah. There's, there, there, there's a, a lot to 2020 that we didn't get a chance to talk about. We, we, we might, maybe it'll be, maybe we'll retouch, retouch, maybe we'll touch on a, uh, on 2020 again in a later podcast. Maybe we'll be in 2020, maybe it'll be in 2021. I don't know. Yeah, we can always do a review session. Uh, but I think there, there's a lot more to, to discuss on the year you know, and uh, just, just the year in general. So. I, I hate the idea that life took a break, you know, during 2020 and we kind of just put life on pause up until 2021. I definitely think a lot happened. Of course, you can just look at the news, but I also think uh, that a lot's happening in the change of life as we know it that may or may not have been obvious to everyone. That's it's, interesting. I want to I hear about this more. This is a, a we, we, we can talk about this at another time, but yeah. I'd, I'd love to go into this. We can, we can do this for our next episode. All right. That sounds like a plan. Um, well, until then, we'll see you guys next time. Take care and have a great rest of your year.